Welcome back to the Block Fuel Podcast. I'm here alongside my co-host, Jody, and we are joined by Oleg Fomenko from The Sweat Economy. We had met Oleg at Permissionless down in Austin, Texas, and was just blown away and fascinated. There's so many different products in, in the crypto space. There's so many different apps. But this one really, t- not only do you have a, a huge user base, which we'll get involved in, in just a second here, but I just thought it was fascinating your mission when we talked last time. It's not just to, to make money. It's really a broader purpose, which I actually found fascinating. I was like, I got to bring you on the show. This is so cool. So welcome to the show, by the way. Oh, like, yeah, welcome thank you that. very much for having me here. Avi and Jody, real pleasure. Of course, want to get into sweat uh, economy and sweat token and all of that, but, um, we always kick it off. We got to get a little bit of background on yourself and just know who Oleg is. If you don't mind, just giving a quick overview and then we'll jump into sweat economy. Sure. I'm nearly 15. I'm married. I've got two teenage children and a dog called Bear. And I live right now in Portugal. Yeah, I'm thinking of getting a second dog and naming him Bull because <laughs> I, you know, I, it, there is something there, but maybe I'll give it a few weeks. And I really looked at crypto or Bitcoin for the first time in 2011. A friend of mine just flagged it to me and I got absolutely cooked on the wrong side of it. So I didn't buy a few thousand mm. of them. They were 20 cents um, back then. But I actually got hooked on tech and on whole algorithm and the idea that technology doesn't have to cover every edge case. But you can just declare upfront if more than 50% are nefarious actors, then the whole thing will fail. That's mm-hmm. just such an unusual way of thinking about technology because if you build tech, you always think it has to deal with every edge case. And if it doesn't, it's a bug. And then it's yeah. here, just all of a sudden, you have tech and psychology mixed into one and just blew my mind. So I really was thinking about building something or doing something in using blockchain ever since. The opportunity presented itself in 2014 when I started chatting with my co-founders or now co-founders about the fact, why are we not as active as we want to be? And it was triggered by going for a run and not being able to do 5k without stopping and sort of holding too much. (laughs) (laughs) And literally three years before then, I was climbing some of the highest mountains in the world. And I was like, oh my God, how did I manage to lose so much fitness in such a short period of time? And it might sound arrogant. I'm a reasonably active guy and I'm definitely motivated. I'm a founder and all was on it. And I was thinking. If I lost my fitness, then how about see, people who have less motivation and lazier? My God. So we just started talking about it and we realized very quickly that the reason why nobody is as active as they want to be is very simple because nature doesn't want you to be active. Nature wants you to survive. And that means you preserve calories rather than spend them. So we were optimized to sit around the fire until mammoths showed up and then we would run and kill it, try to kill it, or saber-toothed tiger showed up and was about to make meal out of us. Then we would run. Otherwise you just sit there, right? Because that is preserving calories and that ensures survival of your tribe. And we continue doing that right now, even though mammoths come three times a day and massive plates and calories are no longer scarce, but. Nature built into us this thing called present bias, 
which mm. continues to drive us to just sit around with every possible opportunity. There is one way that you can actually overcome present bias that is known to man and it's called instant gratification. And can we create instant gratification in exchange for the lowest bite of physical activity, which would be step? Mm. And I went, Ooh, yeah, we can. And that's how the idea of Sweatcoin was born. As the name would suggest, we were already thinking of building it on blockchain back in 2014. We looked at bit forking Bitcoin, too expensive, too slow, just too slow as a technology, but also too slow to build on. Then we met Vitalik in 20, early 2015 in London. He was pulling these massive crowds of 15 people coming to him <laughs> back then. And he would be more like three yeah. up to the end of his talk, I mean, very early days. And he was extremely accessible and not, not Vitalik that we know right now. And we started chatting and we, and we got excited. Oh yeah, we're going to build there. But we also realized that it was a research grade project back then. They went into ICO in 2016 and launched in 2017. So that was way too early for us. So we launched centralized and we just went, oh, we keep the name Sweatcoin. We launched centralized, but in six months, there will be blockchain that will be fast enough for us. Right? So let's go. Every year we would run an audit and look at all the projects that had launched. And every year the answer was technology is not fast enough because we started scaling and on machines to make the world more physically active. And the product really resonated with people. We got our first million users literally within a few months of launching when we went live in the US with Sweatcoin, we mm -hmm. just started skyrocketing. Every year, as I mentioned, we started looking at blockchain world to analyze what's there, test different systems, protocols. And every year the answer was it's just not fast enough and not robust enough to support our scale. So we were growing faster than technology was developed. Mm -hmm. Until 2021, when we all of a sudden encountered whole raft of projects. In London, I don't know if any of you guys lived there, there is a saying that buses either don't come or come in threes. That's exactly how technology can in blockchain yeah. space develop. All of a sudden you had Algorand, Solana, BNB, Polygon, and we just went, woo, fantastic. We analyzed 14 different chains. And we settled on near and last September. So September, 2022, we launched everywhere outside of the U S and it's been going amazingly well, like really quite amazingly well. We are ninth widest held token in the world. We're the 13th most actively used token in the world. Our DAP, so sweat wallet is within top five on the up radar pretty much every day. And what's even more important, because we've been added for the last nine years in web two, and we really calm down on business model, monetization. How do we think about users, user engagement, user monetization? We are able to become deflationary already after 10 months of being live. So our circulating supply at the end of the month is lower than the circulating supply at the beginning of the month. And we've been maintaining this for the last three months. Yeah. Do you guys have a, an I, incredible, 
It, which is exciting. We're, we're catching you right before you launch here in, in the U.S. So we're less we're than excited the to bring you on. Yeah. And we got Jody using it. I downloaded it too. So I have to pull up to see how many I'm at. But you guys have like millions and millions of users today, right? How many people have downloaded the app, if, if you're able to share that? Sweatcoin probably has more than 200 million downloads, but we huh. have more than 145 million registered users. So these users came through onboarding, shared with us their data and been using that app for a period of time. So this is the sample of users that we trained our movement verification algorithms on, which as you can imagine is extremely important part of the business. As soon as you start rewarding people for steps, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing how many times I've been in a meeting where people install Sweatcoin and they kind of start walking. I'm going to show you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to show you how to do the I mean, literally from day one, we were always very focused on making sure that shaking doesn't work. Metronome doesn't work. Putting Swaven on the fan doesn't work. Putting it on the rope and swinging it over your head. There is a website called unfitbits.com that teaches you how to trick your phone or your wearable into believing that you're active while you're not. We had to tackle all of those use cases and then some donkeys, horses, dogs walking in the park, you name it. Very. We had to deal with a lot of that. And yes, it's working amazingly well. We do know that there is a tiny little amount of fraud, but we do know that it is impossible to actually scale it. In nine years, we figured out how to, how to keep it under wraps. That's, I mean, it's a, it's a big point because I remember I was seeing, I think it was on YouTube, like people in China, cause they, they would actually oh, yeah. get their steps in and, and get lowered insurance. And so people were actually like, like you were saying, they'd have something on their desk that was just going back and forth and they'd walk 30 miles a day to lower yeah. their insurance. And so that, that is something interesting. I didn't think about to tackle the, the one thing I do want you to touch on, I know last time we spoke about there's a million apps for athletes. And I think that was something really cool that you touched on it a little bit earlier, but yeah. uh, you didn't want to just be one of the Fitbits that were out there, the Under Armour apps, that, that there's a million of those. You said you made this for the person that, that's sitting on the couch ordering pizza and you need to get them off the couch, right? Yeah. No, I, as I said, that the sort of personal experience when you lose fitness, the journey back to being fit is not easy. And a lot of people attribute their lack of ability to maintain this journey. Everyone goes and gets their gym membership in early January to just get that turkey off that they waged. And by late January, most of these people stop going. They frequently pay their membership for a few more months and then they cancel it. And one of the things that can we realize that's where the biggest societal impact is to be made. That is also an area where the biggest economic impact is made for humanity because people who are already physically active, people who already use Stravas, Pelotons, etc., they pushing them further and making them more active is not going to have any meaningful impact, but for a depressed person, unemployed person sitting in front of a TV at 11 o'clock with a bottle of beer, thinking sad thoughts to get them out and make them walk mm -hmm. is likely to change their life, is likely to improve their mental health, is likely to improve their physical health, 
it is likely to change their social life. Mm-hmm. And this is where, from baseline, the impact that we can make on society is by far the biggest. And the reason why we were thinking about it is because we were inspired by another economy that already exists. Very often you'll hear this X to earn and people like play to earn and this to earn. And there's a lot of experimentation going. I always tell people that there are two huge economies that already exist. One of them for thousands of years, that is X to earn. And one of them exists for about 150 years. The first one is work to earn, mm. right? The second one is pay attention to earn. The attention economy has been an inspiration for what we're building because about 150 years ago, we started realizing that attention is valuable, right? Now, attention economy is by some estimates $7 trillion. So it's seven times bigger than the whole crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum, everything. Those tens of thousands of tokens all together are one seventh of attention economy. And the interesting thought was attention and physical activity are extremely similar on many levels. Attention and physical activity are beneficial to you. Acquisition of new information, meeting new people, making a transaction always starts with you starting to pay attention to something. Physical activity is beneficial to you. It makes you fitter, makes you healthier. It improves your mental health, makes you live longer. Mm -hmm. The other parallel is attention is valuable to third parties that are willing to pay for it. Advertiser, for example, in case of attention. In case of physical activity, healthcare provider. Sweatcoin, so our Web2 health and fitness business, has already a contract with National Health Service in the UK, where we make people diagnosed with diabetes syndrome more active because that window of about six months after that diagnosis is when you need to change your lifestyle. And that is extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Their adherence to their previous programs was less than 30%. Now we pushed it to nearly 90%. So. Healthcare providers are willing to pay for physical activity. Insurers, employers, ultimately countries, because if you're physically active, you're going to live longer. Even in the most cynical sense, if you abstract yourself from livelihood of people and et cetera, et cetera, they're going to end up paying more taxes over the lifetime. So it is a good business. So that's the second parallel. Third parties that are willing to pay for it. And the third parallel that is extremely relevant in crypto is both of them are scars. You don't have unlimited amount of attention. Mm-hmm. You don't have an unlimited amount of physical activity. Now, if we were able to build attention economy worth $7 trillion, why would movement economy be worth any less? What's the horizon? I don't know, but we certainly have an asset that everyone agrees is valuable because as soon as you say physical activity is valuable, everyone not, right? How can you doubt that? But it doesn't have financial value attached to it. Why not? Attention yes. dies. Physical activity doesn't. So what we're saying is that blockchain allows us to tokenize physical activity, turn it into a new asset that did not exist before. 
and power all of those use cases that people are talking about. Like when doctor says, you've got to move more. That's the most convincing argument that they can pull. Imagine right. that you were getting paid for your sweat. Or they said, don't come back to me until you get 10 sweat on your account. And if you're a hypochondriac, oh shit, you're definitely going to go for a run straight away and start accumulating. So all of a sudden you have an additional lever to start changing people's behavior and giving them motivation and the mechanism to tokenize their physical activity. The interesting thing that this also enables is an opportunity to build a lot fairer economy. Because if you think about the structure of attention economy, one thing strikes me as extremely unfair that this big tech is extremely big and extremely wealthy. How mm -hmm. did they make this money? They sold our attention for a buck and they've given us free product that was worth a penny and they kept all the difference. Mm -hmm. Now. In physical activity, I believe we can do better. We can actually make sure that you get lion's share of that value through that token. And we being in the middle, will be very happy with tiny little sliver of it. Mm. And the biggest service that we provide is effectively verification and validation that this physical activity is genuine. Mm -hmm. So, sorry, I've been rambling, but I'm really excited about it because passionate. It's, it's this great. is not a sort of tradfi tokenization of some kind of asset that already exists that makes it a little bit more liquid, literally is creating whole new asset class that I believe in the future is going to be traded next to electricity and oil because they can all three be expressed in utility joes because this is energy. Fascinating. Yeah, like we, we appreciate the, the background on this. And I think going on the last part, would you say that I think going in 2021 where you decided, hey, now's the time to involve the blockchain technology that you've been following for six, 10 years. And then what were some of the pros and cons of making that leap? Because at the time, it sounds like you were already at 100 million users and understanding maybe from your internal team's discussions on how your monetization changed from pre-2021 to like post-2021. I think Avi and I were talking around, is it more advertising like sourced is like where like most of the revenue comes from that mm -hmm. you like then built economy with, or was it insurance? And where do you see things going? Interesting. Let me sort of collect my thoughts. It's a very good question that haven't been asked. I'm going to split it into two parts. I think that our primary motivation to go into crypto was a pull from our users first, mm -hmm. because there is some, there, there is magic there, right? That, that your physical activity has value. And when you receive something for it, you attribute value to it. Oh, sorry. You know that it is valuable. You don't know what the price is. And people want to feel this, see this and see those numbers going up. And in the world of Sweatcoin, it works, but because it's centralized token and it only operates within the app, mm -hmm. it wasn't really grabbing as much sort of people imagination as it should have. Mm -hmm. And we always 
every single day we would hear this, when are you going to turn this into crypto? <laughs> Why is not crypto? And when we announced finally that we're going for crypto, oh my God, so many people joined and there was huge amount of excitement because we literally said that we are going to create this new token backed by the value of your physical activity and people are like, wow, I'm amazing. The other reason why we went into it is because, as I mentioned, we wanted to create movement economy from the very, very beginning. And the only reason why we started centralized and why we started with Swift coins, which is like a point system, centralized point system, is because we just couldn't be on crypto, on blockchain. And we knew that if we wanted to create a tradable asset that will be an expression of value of physical activity, cannot be centralized. And nothing centralized can go into exchanges and have a free floating price and just impossible. It doesn't work. So users wanted it. It's part of a strategy. That's the reason why we went for it. And it works amazingly well. Users are extremely happy. And strategically, we see that kind of sweat is becoming that tokenized physical activity in people's minds. The way they talk about it is not just another token that has, I don't know, whatever, 20 utility points and staking. And we have all of that as well, because it's an important interim step because the value of physical activity is a long-term thing, right? This is what people will be saying. Why is sweat valuable? Well, because your movement is valuable. Of course, sweat is valuable. But while we are making it what, what a dumb question kind of situation, we do have utilities. We do have staking. We do have sweat hero, which is really exciting kind of battle game where you can challenge each other and basically walk on the phone, you can find some people already leaking mechanics on, uh, uh, on YouTube, <laughs> yeah. but it is being rolled out right now. And can, by the time we're live next week, I would imagine that in the 30 to 40% of users will be able to take part in the game as well. Anyway, coming back to your point, why did we launch? And then did it improve our business model? Absolutely. Because in addition to all of those revenue streams that we have in Web 2, in Web 3, there are additional revenue streams because you can actually charge fees and you can provide different products that are not accessible to you in Web 2. For example, crypto trading that allows you to swap tokens in and out and we can keep a small amount of fee, which is becoming our revenue. Going into crypto preserves Web2 revenue streams and opened quite a lot of additional gates that we did not have access to in Web2. So overall, it is good from the strategy perspective, from our achieving our mission, but also from the business perspective. And that is one of the reasons why we're going live in the US next week is because American users of Swiftway have really done my head in over the last year because I, and I, I share their sentiment. Why on earth can't I participate in this? What, what is wrong with you? 
And because majority of our users are not crypto natives, they are not okay with all the sort of regulator and all of that stuff. They're like, why are we being uh, singled out? And we actually started looking at this and started consulting more and talked to a lot of players. And we realized that actually of crypto projects, we probably are the lowest risk in the US. And the reasons are very simple. Regulators there to protect American investors. And we totally agree that this is a good goal because let's face it, there is plenty of theft and crookery in Web3. And I, some people would argue with me, but can I believe that we need to clean our act and proactively acknowledge that there is a lot to clean there. And we agree with that mission. But in our case, we are issuing your token on the back of your physical activity. If we cause you damage, then this damage must be in your lost weight and inches of your waist. Mm -hmm. That's going to be very hard to define that as a damage, isn't it? We are there to make you more active. We are not going with some kind of derivative of derivative, some super clever thing that nobody understands that ends up being a rug pull. And another thing that is very clear is that our token cannot be a security. And it's not because we just invented something, but if you think about us in context of how we test, uh, you probably heard of it, or I'm sure that a lot of your listeners would be familiar with it. There are four prongs to it. And the third prong is it has to be the result of efforts of others. But our token is born out of you doing physical activity and only out of that. It cannot be generated by pressing a button or anything. Every single sweat in existence can be traced to somebody walking steps. And we record those steps in what we call walk chains. There's a legacy of uh, how <laughs> yeah. sort of blockchain thinking in, uh, in, in 2014. So every single sweat is backed by the value of physical activity. And it's not through the effort of others. And then the first prong that it has to be for the consideration of money or something of value, something of value, if you define fat on your waist as value, I would agree with that. Then it, you, you can consider this. So basically, we're coming in with objective of making the world more physically active or U.S. more physically active. And while we know that there are some risks, and I'm not going to lie, but you know what? If regulators come to us and we have a sensible and constructive conversation, I would absolutely love to be regulated because if there is a project that deserves that, yeah. I'm sure it's us. So going back to the, the advertising, because that's my one question always is like, all right, if like who, who's paying for this or the reward, there has to have some dollar attached to it. So yeah. is money coming from like advertisers ultimately, or are you selling this data to health insurance companies? What, what does that look like? So on data, we never sold, we don't sell, and we never will sell data or transfer data to third parties. We actually, our data centers are in Europe. And this is by design because we actually want to be regulated by GDPR, which is the most draconian privacy protection framework in the world. And, but there is a philosophical belief there. I 
don't believe that this is our data. We can, we don't want to manage it as if it was our asset. However, what we have discovered is that our users, many of them want to earn from this data. So we are now doing quite a lot of testing of decentralization. We had the, the vote that, that, that gave us the green light to go live in the US. 380,000 people cast their vote. This is by far the biggest governance vote in Web3 history in any DAO. And when we fully decentralized, I'll probably give it a year or two, we can actually create a data union, which would allow you and you alone to flick the switch and basically make your movement data analyzable by third parties mm. who would have obviously paid for the access. And then you would earn revenue with DAO and token holders, basically keeping uh, an upkeep for the uh, data union infrastructure. We feel that once we're decentralized, there is a room for data monetization, but certainly not until you decide that your data can be opened up. Mm -hmm. So this is on the data front. Where does money come from? As I mentioned, we have revenue streams on Web2 that we replicated already in Web3, and there are three big revenue streams. One is advertising, or basically attention of physically active people. If you health, fitness, sport, vanity, fashion, makeup, brand, so anything linked with being physically active or to the shape of your body, Mm. Um, it, and we're a very attractive platform to attract attention of our users because they are not just expressing the interest. Oh, I would like to be active or I liked a, a sport brand on Facebook. Mm -hmm. No, we know that they're active and actually that's the only reason why they joined us. The second area are the brand partnerships. So if you actually want to put products in front of our users, we charge for it. And the third one is premium subscription. So some users are paying for premium subscription to be able to convert more steps per day and get access to kind of premium marketplaces and different set of ones. Mm -hmm. In Web3, in addition, as I said, there are transaction fees, there are swap fees, there yeah. are token syncs inside Sweat Hero that allows us to charge some sweat which mm -hmm. effectively counts as a revenue with community periodically voting on what to do with this revenue that they generate. And so far, they've been voting overwhelmingly to burn it, which is one of the reasons why we were able to become deflationary. Very interesting. The one thing we talked about last time, which I found like one of the most fascinating things in our conversation was this concept of learn to earn. And you really flipped, I was like, you're changing the advertising space altogether. And that concept. So if you could share that, because not everyone was listening to our private conversation we had a few weeks back, but. Yeah, no, great question. And yeah, it's working amazingly well, both for our users. I, as a product person, I'm really passionate about user experience and users and giving them value. And when you can find functionality or piece of product that is really adding value to your users and enables you to make money. That's like holy grail and learn to earn or learn and earn, mm -hmm. um, is that piece of functionality. Basically 
we realized that majority, vast majority of our users are brand new to Web3. And the reason why they came through us is because we solved two biggest barriers or problems that people who are curious about Web3, but sitting on the fence, need solving. Problem one is user experience and language, staking, biddling, hodling, finality, and all of that stuff is just absolute, no, it's freaky. What does it mean? You don't even understand words. And the user experience, because we interviewed a lot of our users that go, yeah, no, I tried to install wallet and they gave me 24 words, but they said, don't take a screenshot. You have to write it down on a piece of paper. Then you have to split it and you have to keep the two parts in two different locations. Otherwise, everything is lost. You're installing an application and all of a sudden you, you basically have to learn operational security. That's very hard for mainstream user. We changed the language. For example, staking product inside our, our wallet is called Rojar. Mm. You put your sweat in there. Nice. Very simple. Yeah, you don't have mm. to invent completely new words that sound very cryptic. And another thing that we simplified onboarding and removed any point of friction. So we improved UX, that was one. And the second biggest barrier that people were citing is if you want to go into Web3 and you want to learn the journey right now, you go in, you master that UX, and then you have to get some crypto. Mm. And in majority of situations, you would actually have to part with at least a few hundred dollars of your card in order to just start your journey, right? It's a lot of money for majority of the world's population. It's just inconceivable price of entry. So they want to go in and they want to be able to experience it before they're convinced that it's worth their while part with money. And we're literally allowing them to walk into crypto. <laughs> wow. There it is. So you have legs. You can start earning. We're not saying that you're going to become a billionaire and all of a sudden, just by going for a walk, it's going to change your kind of your financial status. But it is something. And that something is infinitely more than what people are getting for their physical activity right now, which mm -hmm. is an incredibly valuable thing. And basically, what we're doing is using this as a hook to propel you and move forward. That changes your behavior. You start looking more and all of a sudden you are starting to engage with more functionality, which mm -hmm. is learn and earn because you want to understand what is staking. How does it work? How do I transfer? How do I receive? And we have a lot of lessons that explain basic terminology and basic functionality. And we explain how these things work. And we tell people, go here, press that, press this, experience it. But what we're also realizing is that most of our users, for example, don't have a stable or even existing relationship with centralized exchange. And one of the lessons that we have right now is with OKX. We explain to them what OKX does, how does it work, how can you onboard, mm -hmm. and then you go and you install the OKX app and you register there and there is sweat listed on OKX 
and OKX has MDP one for one, which is the near standard supported, which basically means that it becomes extremely easy. You take your sweat, you put your deposit address and you send, and that's it. You are playing centralized exchange. So we're making it incredibly easy for our users to learn ropes and to learn basics of what Web3 is. Mm-hmm. And we're also realizing that we can make a lot of money from partners that want to get exposure to people that do not yet have a relationship with centralized exchange, that have not yet used DEXs. So our users are happy because they're learning the ropes learning. and we are able to generate revenue that supports the whole business and makes the whole enterprise and, and the protocol more valuable. I think it's cool going back to that, that learn to earn. Sorry, real quick, just piggyback on, on that. Um, it is you're changing that going back to that attention aspect, right? It's you're not just watching a commercial that you're playing with your phone, you're half looking at it, et cetera. You have to actually like the brand knows that person's paying attention because they have to click. And it, I think you said there's like trivia or quizzes to show that you actually read that and you're not just able to click on anything and go to the next round. Like you're actually learning. And they're checking to make sure you are. So I think that's fascinating. No, it's, spot on. it's a spot on. I, I, I should have said that. Yeah. When we realized that it's basically advertising on steroids, because right now, when do you see advertising? Oh, I want to chat with somebody. Oh, there is an ad. And I'm like, yeah, you learn you know, you're pissed off with advertising here. You go with objective to learn new information. Mm. Then we can actually check that you absorb that information through the quiz. And what's even more important and very popular with partners is what we call a quest. Because at the end, you can say, here's a button, press it and mm. do what you learn, actually being connected to a smart contract or this partner. And because blockchains are public, you can actually see that people have done something and you can give them reward, not just for seeing a message or even clicking on the message, but actually using the product. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it, it kind of interesting. And I think that a lot of pointless advertising that is there to just piss, 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 piss you off, off. Yeah. 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 and interrupt your experience, it's actually going to be effectively advertising on demand that you as a person will choose to engage with. Yeah. Is it worthwhile giving this thing my attention or not? The conversion rate has to be significantly higher than the average yeah. conversion rate, I'd imagine, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not going to be throwing numbers. We are absolutely shocked by the by the funnel and the efficiency of the funnel uh, of uh, our partnership with OKX. Yeah, it's fascinating. Jerry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask around a common discussion we we're hearing recently is around certainly this year, the rise of tangible AI uh, technology and that one, I guess, it could be marketing, could be real, is that one benefit of blockchain to come in and like combat some of the uncertainties around AI is that blockchain can help provide proof of personhood. So you mentioned that one of your value props and one thing that when you're speaking to governments and businesses is like, hey, I have a massive trove of actual real users that have used the platform and we've developed these advanced models to tell, hey, is someone shaking the phone? Is someone putting it on a horse? Is someone like walking their dog? Would you say that's one of your key modes? And then the second thing was be, how would you say, and how, how would you like pitch us on how sweat provides a proof of personhood 
that prevents, say, bots that we're seeing proliferate across the internet and Twitter, social media platforms? I mean, for me, this is, this is one of those things that will be a massive play in the future. Like when we are discussing this whole sort of path to movement economy, and I painted the sort of the end goal and the, and the picture, right? I believe that kind of participation in UBI and distribution of social mm -hmm. incomes is definitely going to be something that is going to be a stepping stone uh, for us to get there. The reason why we're developing it is not because we're aiming for that space. We had to do it in order to make sure that every single sweat in existence is backed by genuine physical activity. Because mm -hmm. That's what guarantees that it is valuable. If you could create sweat by shaking the phone, the whole concept, you would earn sweat. You would look at it and you can go, okay, that's bullshit. Now I'm out of here because yeah. if they gave it to me for shaking the phone, how can it be valuable? And this is actually one of those moments where people start realizing that it doesn't reward me. And all of a sudden that what makes it attractive and that's why they believe that sweat is genuinely valuable so to add to what you just said is we're not just we don't just know if you're a real person or not that's an obvious thing that we had to solve for but we also know that your gait and your style of walking is extremely unique and very personal to you mm -hmm. you don't necessarily, we haven't really delved into it, but in principle, if you change your devices, I can recognize you, even if you registered a different account and use completely different credentials, because your manner and your, your walking style is very, it's like fingerprints. It's very individual. I, to be honest, we're not really pushing into that space because we feel that hounds up cool and the opportunities are abundant without that. Mm. But we already had a number of conversations with people who were toying with UBIs mm -hmm. in certain areas because it's not that we can confirm that the person is a real human or not. We can go beyond that and we can actually give how much effort they're putting into their life. And if you would imagine, or if you think about it, actually more physically active people probably should be earning more when it comes to UBI, because by taking care of themselves, by being physically active, costing less. then they're costing less to the society because they're putting less pressure on the healthcare cost. Are we going to end up there? Is it going to be one of the factors? don't know mm. but if there is anybody out there that is working on this and wants to have a conversation and run a pilot i would be more than happy to chat with them and figure out if you can uh, work together yeah no i think it's really fascinating and your launch is coming up here in, in two weeks or, so, or not even in the next no. week six days yeah. so so wait, are you guys doing anything like a launch party or i guess a launch walk where everyone kind of walks that night or what are you guys doing? Hi. Kind of celebrate. Uh, I'm going to have a good night's sleep without waking <laughs> up to sheet off my bed screaming, realizing yeah. that 
I forgot something. Oh, you know, somebody <laughs> forgot something. So, to be honest, we haven't really thought about the party because it's all hands on deck and lots and lots of work. Because when you have such a scale as us, mm-hmm. it's incredible how many sort of movie pieces and edge cases and communications that are going out. But we're definitely going to have a big celebration in early November once this is all done around probably near con that mm-hmm. is a chain that we're building on yeah. they'll have very big event in uh, lisbon from 7th to 10th and if you guys can make it it would be an absolute pleasure i'm sure we're gonna have a, a big party to to celebrate us launch and considerable shift in scale of the business yeah that's exciting i love lisbon lisbon's where i actually learned about bitcoin for the first time uh shout out to my friends that taught me that there It's been an absolute pleasure having you on and we got the opportunity to speak now a few times and it's just what you're doing just feels like it's actually has good behind it. And there's so many companies we talk to projects that you have a picture of a cat and then what does it do? Like finding real life examples of of how to leverage this and and scale that economy is really interesting. And I think it is fascinating to think about cities or, or like the federal government kind of enabling areas where there people are unhealthy or not working out a lot. Like that's very true. If, if everyone has diabetes, that is a huge strain on our healthcare. Right. And so not everyone can take Ozempic and all these things that are coming out there today, but this is the natural healthy way to do it. And you're building the technology layer to allow people. Oh, like really a pleasure to have you on, on the podcast and, and thank you so much for coming.